1: We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about... Biddy, mini podcasts. podcast. Podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter.
2: I'm Doge.
1: And I'm Jordan. And we're all shiny and new mm. for 2021. Yes, you're going to have those good tastes of the Mini Monday jingle Maybe Carter doesn't quite know what's going on till halfway through, but that's fine. (laughs) He's rusty. You're still going to have every now and then some of those games that you got used to. Going to try really hard not to do new ones. Realized I was doing that about every 10 days, was (laughs) adding new things. Um, But what we have that is different now is we are, for this tinier podcast, we're going to go to that tinier screen, which is such a Mm. lie because your your screen at home is getting closer and closer to that movie screen at Alamo Drafthouse. Yeah, uh, I have a, a, a 600 upgrade. inch television. That's amazing. You get that. Really the theater I would love in to know apartment. the inches of a movie theater screen. <laughs> um, but wow. we're That's gonna start 60. going through I mean, I can find out uh, some television shows mm. because uh as the movie world changes, so does your movie podcast. Mm. Uh, because the box office is is uh you know, HBO kinda called their shot decades ago. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. It, did. Uh, it is a home box office, isn't it? They thought it was just clever, but it's real. It's literal. Uh, and we're going to get started uh, with WandaVision. If, mm. if you know Two Chunks, you know Two Chunks started as a superhero pod would you call it a superhero
2: podcast because you also did dc was it mcu it was a
1: movie podcast where all we were confident enough to talk about at the beginning was superhero movies i would hesitate
2: honestly to even call it a podcast for the first couple of months it was just it was boys just talking you know what i mean
1: boys being boys in the good way in the good way in the good way i ask about how the way things were not because i don't remember them because i didn't exist yeah that's Carter true. was born uh <laughs> around Foot. summer 2018. Yeah. So when when we get uh MCU and get to talk about those I've probably done three total episodes with y'all on the MCU and y'all together yeah, I think that's so. closer to 30. Well
2: Doge and other. I
1: have done one alone just the Remember two that of time us. that you were like
2: guys I'm going to be out of town can't record and that was before we'd cracked the Da Vinci code of recording via Zoom and <laughs> Jordan and I have sat next to oh, each other at right. my kitchen and the table. Ant Man, I missed
1: it. I completely missed it. There is one time.
2: It. It, listening to the episode now, knowing what it was like recording, I can hear the moment that our feet accidentally touched under uh-huh. the table. Yep. And that's top five worst moments of my life. <laughs> it was just me
1: and Doge alone in a house and our feet touched. And It's, it's especially creepy. Yeah, Jess was wasn't even here, was she? Yeah. Mm-mm. Once you know that uh, oh, no. he can do the, the waffle hold with his feet, that's even creepier. <laughs> Jordan, you, Jordan, isn't that one I, of your many talents? I am not exaggerating when I say that I'm literally doing it right now. I can tell
2: by how, like, offset your shoulder. That one arm that's (laughs) dipped a little bit lower. He had to get a little bit of that reach. And so, listen, I've been
1: doing, uh, (laughs) as we, uh, the MCU's intimidating to almost any average person, much less someone who's far uh, less capable than his co-hosts. But I've been prepared. I'm getting ready. uh, And I'm fine to kind of guide us through. Should we uh, say what show we're doing? Through. We did. Uh, we did already. Do we say it together? I said WandaVision. Did we, did we say it? You did say it. mm mm-hmm. uh, We're so good at podcasts. Oh, my gosh. Everybody on three. One to <laughs> three. WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah, perfect. And so, um, and what a great place for me to take the reins mm-hmm. of something that says cookie cutter as a show <laughs> as uh, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But as far as I see it, the red one with the yellow head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's got one of the galaxy? The galaxy rocks, I think.
2: Right, right.
1: <laughs> he, um, yeah, he's still dating homegirl who used to be Russian, but sure. then she's American now.
2: She recovered. She got. Over she it. recovered yeah, from she Russian it. because it wasn't because
1: the Flash. I think was her cousin, and he's dead. And so, yeah, I uh, this is this great. is interesting because there's hard no color. This is really so good. It's harder to follow. So far, you're doing a really great job. I think okay. it would be better. Maybe if Doge were to set up, what's going on here? That's a good idea. I think Let's that feels better that. to me. You know, that's fine.
2: Well, the fun thing about Wandavision is that the answer to what is going on is I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This is point. so experimental and so strange, and I, I am one hundred percent here for it. I yeah, am, I loved much. every single second of this, and I think yes. there is uh, there, I think they've confirmed that they're going to do a Disney Gallery series. Oh, for I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Like a how, like how they made it like they did for Mando season one and season two. And I'm so excited to watch that because like this first episode that we're talking about now, uh, this like 1950s style like I love Lucy honeymooners type of vibe, like looks like that, those shows, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, uh, from what I've read, they shot it on those period lenses they did the uh the like kitchen effects when all the stuff is floating around Wanda. Yeah. They did it the way they would have done that on like Bewitched or something. Like it's it's such a faithful recreation of these really really unique and iconic sitcom eras. Yeah. And you know consulting Dick Van Dyke
1: for yes uh, uh a lot of it especially early on. Which you know th- this first episode is essentially the Dick Van Dyke show the the set right. and, and all that stuff. But yeah, this is a this is the most expensive TV show uh, in terms of like a lot of things that aren't answered yet. We haven't seen the money quite yet uh, unless, right. uh, <laughs> you know, but it is the most expensive TV show ever produced at uh $25 million per episode. Basically Goodness to average that out. So it's a $225 budget for WandaVision. Um, wow. And so it does, when we're looking at the business side of things, uh, Shows have been more successful during the pandemic than movies. Um, yeah. And Disney is is putting a lot of uh, Fabergé eggs into <laughs> uh, their their MCU basket right now. And Star Wars, as we've seen with Mando. It does feel like Mando really kicked off what Disney's able to produce TV show-wise. Oh, show certainly. Wise. Absolutely. And so, and so now we're getting into the MCU and uh, production quality feels like it hasn't, changed is which is an interesting thing to say because it's like nothing we've seen yet for the MCU right but right can I can I say real quick hitting play on this and watching the marvel starting sort of um logo and like what the pre-reel that they do before all their movies and stuff seeing that new knowing I was about to watch something new from marvel for the first time since summer of 2019 crazy was weird yeah yeah
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's been like a staple of my movie experience since 2008. Notably, 2010, there was not a Marvel movie. Uh, But other than that, it was like nine out of the last 10 years I've seen that at least once in the theater.
1: It's crazy. It is. uh, There is not a better, to me, there is not a better realm than that of like comic books, much less the MCU, to as a production company still be semi-canon but also adapt to the times Yep. Uh, in terms of like, you know, it's it's not, we even saw this in the MCU movies. They are not all cookie cutters of each other. You don't necessarily know what the style will be. Yes, we had a director that we loved at first and we said, okay, you're going to have hold of Iron Man for most of it. Uh, But then we even start changing directors with some of our main members of the Avengers. And then we go through and then, and now what a perfect, and I bring that up because- these two characters uh, of of uh, Wanda, you know, uh, of WandaVision, are the most out there. They're they're obviously they're kind of like a, a Doctor Strange vibe, right? It's like these are our other realm, uh, harder to explain
2: type people, and so to give them yeah. a show that's just kind of breaking the mold is great. Yeah, very much. I think I agree. that Wanda's obviously the perfect character to do this with in the comics. She's. Uh, kind of prone to these reality altering breakdowns eh, breakdown probably feels dismissive. She has these moments where she alters reality, right? The the really famous one is in house of M where Wanda says the phrase, no more mutants. And then all of history is rewritten. Mutants never existed. There was never a Wolverine or a Cyclops or a beast or professor X, like mutants never existed. And so that was, we were plunged into this alternate timeline. Um, and so there's, I, my theory though, is that this is some sort of a, she's sedated. She's obviously in sword custody. Yeah. We keep seeing swords logo yeah. and she can't handle the fact that vision is dead. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but somebody Thanos, keeps
1: asking who's doing this.
2: Right. I, I have no idea who that is, but I, I, regardless, it's some sort of, I believe some sort of pocket universe that she's created because she right. can't handle the thought of being on earth without vision.
1: Right. And sword is shield, but for the galaxy. Well, but um, I think in the MCU it's been changed.
2: Okay, I, so I, it's the the notable difference in the MCU is that the D stands for uh, di- division instead of department. Um, but it's like, oh gosh, it's strategic. well. There's another something.
1: one, isn't? No, it's sen- it was sentient world something, right? I'm, I think it still is, and, but now it's sentient weapon, I believe. Is it really? For the MCU, I believe the change is that the W is weapon instead of world.
2: Uh, Let me double check that. I I actually didn't catch that. I don't remember where I read that. Yeah. But I had become convinced of its legitimacy. And I would say Wanda certainly
1: classifies as a sentient weapon without a doubt.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're correct. So according to some trading cards produced by TOPS, it stands for the Sentient Weapon Observation Response Division. Uh, and in the comics you read, it is sentient world. And so that, that, I mean, that further ties into she's in sword custody, these trading cards. Okay. There is a potential spoiler in these trading cards. Decide right now if you want me to tell you what it is. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Do we, I don't know. You, you, you drive that boat. Do we, do y'all know, uh, do you know who Monica Rambo is? The little mm. girl from Captain Marvel. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: This is her grown-up. She's in episode two. That's her grown-up. Oh,
1: dope. There's Wait, a, what?
2: Yes. Yeah, there is a, a very potential spoiler uh, about who she is and who she works for. But we'll save that until we get a little bit more of her, uh, hopefully next week Which one is her
1: grown-up in episode two? Uh,
2: the, who came out of the She wardrobe. came out of the wardrobe. She came out of the closet at the magic oh,
1: show. Oh! She was helping uh, backstage.
2: Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, all that to say, S.W.O.R.D. is a, a pretty significant force in this, and it looks like, Jordan, you're right, Wanda's a sentient weapon. They're probably holding her in some sort of observation. It wouldn't surprise me if one of her her reality-shattering breakdowns had some collateral damage, similar to the beginning of Civil mm-hmm. War, and so S.W.O.R.D. has her in custody. Somebody's trying to break her out.
1: Yeah, but I think there's also somebody, some, maybe somebody nefarious trying to break in as well. I think we might have gotten a hint a little bit when we heard you know, the devil's in the details. That's not the only place he is. I'm starting to lean a little bit towards this setting up Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
2: Well, that's been confirmed by Sam Raimi uh, and by Kevin Feige. Uh, Th- this so, is going to tie in? This is a direct tie-in to Multiverse of Madness. Okay, perfect. I so think that line actually is talking about Wanda's pregnancy at the end of episode two. Oh, interesting. Uh, in the comics, Wanda learned that she was unable to bear children, but then had children with the vision, twin boys, uh, and uh, a character who is called, oh, crap, let me look up her name, uh, Agatha Harkness. Uh, she's a millennia-old witch in the comics. Uh, she is the one that informs Wanda, actually, those children are not your children. They contain shards of the soul of a demon. And so I really <laughs> think that, that we're going to see Wanda envisions twins introduced to the MCU, but they're going to be somehow... That's where the devil is that Catherine Hahn is talking about. That leads to my theory that Catherine Hahn is, is Ag- playing Agatha. Because she's yep.
1: Agnes, right? She's Agnes yeah. here. How interesting. I think well, she's I playing Agatha. I referring Harkness.
2: to Mephisto. But is could Mephisto be not. Doctor Strange too? Is he confirmed for for 2 I thought so,
1: maybe not. Oh, I would love that. I thought so. I assumed so. So I want to be real quick. We, we got to start talking some details. I think I'm going to super pump right now for this episode. Um, and if you haven't listened to our Tuesday episodes before, what that means is uh, for movies, we each bring a super pump and super dump, which is like ultimate favorite, ultimate least favorite. And uh, what we normally do is we end our movie reviews with a, uh, a rating. But this time, we're actually going to save the rating portion for the end of the season because we want to look at it as a whole. But I think we're each going to bring something we probably like or or don't like as much per episode. So it feels like uh, the best way is to continue that sort of tradition into this. And I'm going to break the ice here. There was a moment in, I believe, 2017... Uh, when I went to go see a Marvel movie that I wasn't particularly overly excited about because the previous two installments had not enthralled me, but it's Marvel, so I'm going to go see it. And I'm talking about Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi. And I left the theater going, oh man, we could have had this the whole time. And I think it's because Taika tapped into Chris Hemsworth in a way that nobody had before. I think this series is going to be that for maybe multiple people, but Elizabeth Olsen in particular. Yeah. In this first episode, Elizabeth Olsen is my super pump because she is just delivering. I mean, she is so funny, and she has completely become the stereotype of the sitcom of that era, yeah. um, down to her mannerisms and everything. But even in those moments when she's breaking, I'm thinking of the the dinner table scene when uh, Mr. Hart is choking. Mm-hmm. She's just good, uh, better than I think we've seen her before. We started to see glimpses of how um, impressive she is as an actor in, in end game. But man, I, I really think here, um, she's going to shine. And I'm I feel that way about,
2: that. about both of our leads. I uh, do too. you know, I think, well, it doesn't always happen this way, but I'm going to super pump right now. And it's actually the same for episodes one and two. It's Paul Bettany both times. Yeah. I love this. We're boy not talking about so episode much. two yet. So maybe hold off on that. <laughs> We've talked a lot about stuff that happens in episode two already. Uh, I love Paul Bettany so much. Yeah. yeah. And he does a great job playing the more like, like serene, stoic vision that we see in the movies. But it's so fun to basically be like, hey, what do you think of Dick Van Dyke? Right. And also Steven Merchant. What would it be like if they combined forces <laughs> right. into one person? And he's like, yeah, I got it. It's perfect. I'll do that. And he's so good he at it. He is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. wonderful in this.
1: He's really good. I feel like Liz Olsen is such a good casting for Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time, uh, I think if, if you have a recurring character in the MCU, uh, you do, uh, someone does come to your house and say, Hey, this is just an invitation. We're not there yet, but this is called the A-list. Like for, yeah, if you're real. here long enough, <laughs> but like, uh, she really hadn't been uh, up, up until I think, uh, Winter Soldier, when we have her as Wanda for the first time, we don't really. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Is she mentioned, though, in Winter Soldier? Like, we get her in a post-credits, don't we? Oh, we do get her in a post-credits. That's right. You're right. Look at that. Well, I'll be. Hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, up up until that point, she is not the top Olsen in America or in the world. We know Mary-Kate and Ashley way better. And here's what's funny. I think we're going to get a Full House-ish episode. Yeah, that'll be interesting. How funny for Liz Olsen to be uh, in a Full uh, House-like episode. But- I do think she's perfect for this, Jordan. And I think one of the things that excited about me about Wanda Vision as a whole is just more time with her. Yes. Paul Bettany, I knew as Chaucer from A Knight's Tale. Mm. Paul Bettany, I knew as like the weird albino monk from Da Vinci Code, and he's been in you know some Star Wars and other stuff like that. He's he's a big enough deal, but it's like let's get to know her a little bit, and we're giving her the limelight, and she's she's doing just fine. Yeah, she's great. She's very very good.
2: Yeah, she really is. Um I think it's interesting to talk about the degree to which our actors are like emulating that that mid-century voice. 100%. You know what I mean? There's this weird accent that that it is like on TV in the 50s and 60s and a little bit in the 70s too that um I just finished watching through The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I'm dying cuz that last episode is such a cliffhanger and yeah. uh this the little little bug called COVID push the show way later and it's killing me. But our actors on that show also do a really good job of when they're in front of an audience, they're talking with that kind of mid-century voice. And I Mm -hmm. think there are some people uh, in in this first episode that do a great job of it. And I think there are some people that just don't even attempt it, which is a little bit of a bummer.
1: I don't know yet though. I don't know if it's a bummer. I don't know if that's going to be something right. that we get to pick up on episodes down the lo- road. It's like breadcrumbs, they weren't playing their role well because they're blank. Because you they're know, actors like, or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no Yeah. Because, yeah. So that's, that's what's so it's tough. I haven't had a feeling like this for a show since Lost. Mm. Lost would have episodes... <laughs> That just start off, there's a very uh, famous episode the first time that we see the, I don't even remember what they called it. It was like a bunker underground where a character named Desmond is. And we've had, it's been this tropical Fiji-like setting for seasons, but the very beginning of this episode is a guy on a treadmill and he's just going about his day in his modern looking apartment and it turns out he's also on the island. And you're like, what the heck? Like, it is fun to have this again. Um, of just having no idea of what's going on. My super pump is uh, uh, kind of this collective leaning in to saying like, they're not giving us too much, which is great. Uh, because I think the makers, you know, Kevin Feige, like the makers of the MCU know that there are the people like the Jordans and the Doges of the world that have all of these theories when they're going in and have an idea of where things are going, but they haven't given you everything. They're still having you guess too. Right. A lot of times the spice that they add is good and it somehow pleases our elites as much as the first time watcher, which is, which is wild to me. But so my super pump is the moment that this is the first time we break from the sitcom. The moment he's choking, Mr. Hart mm-hmm. is choking. And then Liz Olsen, like you said, Jordan looks at the camera and then we're like, okay. But what I loved about this is this was the end of the episode. They just have us living in Dick Van Dyke land with superheroes, yeah, up until that point, uh, to and, and we can see when we get to episode two, uh, and we'll talk about that after the break. But when, really, when we get into episode two, it's 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 starting to look like we've got this Venn diagram, and we're getting more and more into hey, the the weird stuff happens earlier. But the fact that they decided this first episode is just really going to look like a sitcom and be clever, like I think about the research that not only yes. the actors had to do for this, but like. There's so much being asked of them. It's like they're uh, essentially going to be in a four and a half hour long movie set over 10 time periods. Yeah. That seems pretty tough. And and yeah, it's I'm so excited to see where it goes. But yeah, my super pump is the moment things are changing, uh, Vision's blatantly using his powers. Yeah. And just stuff is getting weirder. Mm. I'm thinking that maybe it would be a good idea for TV series to lift our rule a little bit to ease our restrictions a little bit and i think that a positive super pump per episode should be mandatory but i don't know that i feel that a super dump per
2: episode should be that's fine because i i literally i have no super dump i don't either that's at this what point I for either episode but when i get to the end of the seer of the season mm-hmm. i can be like oh that was a waste of time or oh, we didn't need that you know what i mean yeah
1: i can see a world where it might be good to require a super pump if an episode of something we thought was going to be great wasn't. So I'm going to stick with, we must super pump per episode. Yeah. But I think super dump is case by case. That's fair. Um, and so the one thing I want to say before we throw it to uh, our our commercial break and we hear from our sponsors, Windex and uh, High C Punch. <laughs> Maybe, uh, who
2: knows? Who knows, man? Uh, Hang on, what would you do? How would you react if it was like, And we'll be back after these messages. And then it's a recorded ad that's like, Taste the the Blast with Hawaiian Punch. I would be thrilled to death. Yeah, I would be really psyched, actually.
1: So the two things I want to say real quick is, one, I found myself forgetting that there was an overarching story because of how good the fake sitcom was. Right, (laughs) Like, actually funny and really enjoying it. (laughs) I really thought it was great. The other thing is, um, and I I can't take credit for this. I did check this theory online, and I love it. Um, the commercial breaks in the middle of the episodes are revisiting Wanda's trauma, I believe, um, with the toaster being the bomb, uh, the Stark bomb that her- The missile and, that killed her family. Yep. And her and her brother waited to see if it was going to blow up and kill them too, right? Just had to yep. sit and wait. Mm-hmm. And then, um, not to spoil the second episode, but I'll sprinkle this breadcrumb for everybody. But the, um, the Strucker watch, Strucker is who experimented on her and her brother for so long. I assume the watch represents the time they had to wait.
2: Yeah. Baron von Strucker.
1: Um, So it's just good stuff, man. I'm super duper interesting. I'm hooked completely. Something
2: cool to note is that whenever we get these kind of mold breaking moments, uh, like when Mr. Hart, who I'm not even sure this actor's name, but he's shown up in stuff lately. He's all over the place. I would love to be him. Like, (laughs) that is my ideal grandpa form, I think. uh, I think he'll be the final stage of my. My metamorphosis, I've got my child form. I'm still working on my adult form. It's a little doughier than I wish it was. But by the time I get to grandpa, just let me be him. Yep, but anyway, when, he's, when he starts choking, uh, notably we change lenses. Yep. Uh, we're no longer using these period lenses. And whenever we have these kind of moments that break the world of the sitcom, we're back in that that, at least the visual language of the MCU. And so it looks like the outside world to mm-hmm. us, which I think is... It's a brilliant choice.
1: <clears throat> Something else I noticed um, is both times, we'll talk about the second one after the break, but both times somebody gets hurt, they are questioning Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. They're in the middle of questioning what they're doing there and That's who cool. they are. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. He chokes and the glass
2: breaks. Um, yeah.
1: But I'm going to give a quick shout out right before the ad. We're on the exit ramp, but Deborah Jo Rupp, Kitty Foreman <laughs> yep. from That 70s Show, is the perfect cast. 100%. Um, and I want to get into Catherine Hahn too because I love her so much. But we're going to do that in episode two. Um, and what that means is right now it's time uh, for
2: a word from our sponsors. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.
1: Well, as I had said at the beginning of this episode, though some of the elements of Mini Monday are gone, there's some that will always remain. Mm. As we go on. See, I was this thinking Celine Dion. I was thinking my heart will go on. <laughs> yes, there's some kind of going on here. Uh, but we are, uh, every now and then, uh, we're going to be playing some of those games that we came to know mm. and love. Mm-hmm. And as much as the cruel, cruel heart in me wants to just jump us into extra credit for this first time we do a TV show. Please, no. I don't think we're ready. There's too much good energy to do something like that. But I, I want to do almost the opposite. I want us to hold hands and... um Can you imagine like holding each other's hands in this era? Hold hands and come together, and let's play a little bit of Synops
2: Us. <gasps> oh, perfect.
1: We're going to do some MCU Synops Us with some of our biggest actors in this series, and we're going to have a little fun uh, random thrown in there. Synops Us, if you haven't heard it before these boys go back and forth uh, one word at a time to try and create what they believe is IMDb's algorithmized synopsis <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for the movie. And we see how close they can get to that. We're going to start with Liz Olsen, uh, who seems to be uh, a super pump favorite right now for this episode, maybe the whole series. And I do want to talk about her literal introduction into the MCU, which is, what is it, guys? Do you remember that movie? Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Soldier. Thank you. Very good class. Uh, And so we'll start there. (laughs) Can you give me the synopsis for Captain America Winter Soldier? Now, here's the fun part of synopsis. Us. At the very beginning, I ask them how many of these proper names or proper nouns are in this synopsis in a place like the MCU, it could be more than average. But we'll get a guess and then and then go from there.
2: I How think many names do you think? I think it's three.
1: I think it's one. We have
2: three. Whoa! Captain America, Bucky Barnes, Hydra, or Captain America, Winter Soldier, Hydra. And
1: then we 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 we, we might uh, after this one, y'all could tell me what the difference is between a proper uh, name, <laughs> but. Uh, let's go back and Is it forth. capitalized? You want every capitalized? Those, yeah, I don't think he's proper. counting Hydra as a name. We didn't used to do like organizations or places though with other stuff. It's like character names usually. Okay, so, it? so we're guessing character names? It's going to be Captain America, Winter Soldier. Nick Fury probably. Mm, yeah, it could be. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Let's start with Doge. One word
2: at a time, please. When a mysterious... Assassin Threatens. It felt like a good chance to get a name in. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> oh, yeah, we did say it was going to be Bucky Barnes. <laughs> <Didn't win. laughs>
1: we said it was going to be Winter Soldier. Shoot. Uh, serious Assassin Assassin Threatens
2: 2. This is such a good movie.
1: I, I, I might really watch is. this
2: again this weekend. I'm having trouble remembering what the Winter Soldier's deal is. What does he threaten to do in this movie? (laughs) I was just going to stick
1: generic with it and see how it feels.
2: When a mysterious assassin threatens to jeopardize Mm. the safety of the known world, Captain America, and we talked about this, (laughs) Nick Fury must join forces in order to stop the winter soldier exclamation point
1: Ooh, exclamation point the first two. exclamation point in Us. what a way to start the new year when a mysterious assassin threatens to jeopardize the safety of the known world captain america and nick fury must join forces in order to stop the winter soldier that's
2: actually i didn't really hear impressive. enough
1: exclamation in that uh Uh, in order to stop the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's it. Here's our actual synopsis. As Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in the modern world, you almost, if you said modern world, that'd be kudos. Yeah. He teams up with a fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Black Widow. Oh, dummies. We completely leave
2: her out of this
1: to battle a new threat from history, an assassin known
2: as the Winter Soldier. We got assassins right? This is the first time that I've felt that IMDb's was leagues better than ours. Yeah, it was a lot better. It was really good.
1: Uh, let's move on to the great Paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get his uh, uh, as an acting credit introduction to the MCU, which would be as Jarvis, which would be as the very first Installment in the MCU, which would be Iron Man. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me a synopsis for the uh, multi trillion dollar catalyst <laughs> that is the movie Iron Man. Should probably do We're guessing names. names? Though, huh? Yep. How many? One. One. Right. We'll start with Jordan. Billionaire
2: genius. Tony Stark. Faces certain doom <laughs> at the hands of a villain. So he's gotta save enough of his world. <laughs> I was trying to save enough of his money to make a robot suit. <laughs> <laughs> we we end that world.
1: <laughs> billionaire genius Tony Stark faces certain doom at the hands of a
2: villain, so he's got to save Wait, enough of his world. Way <laughs> to completely leave out the inciting incident and anything that actually happens in this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I As was hoping being, you were gonna say Playboy next. It was gonna be billionaire Playboy philanthropist Tony Stark, but
2: you could you could have said Playboy too. <laughs>
1: No, I said billionaire and then you and I said genius, genius." and you could have said playboy. No, it's not the same. It's not (laughs) (laughs) our actual synopsis. After being held captive in an Afghan cave, billionaire engineer Tony Stark creates a unique weaponized suit of armor to fight evil.
2: (laughs) Does it really Uh, say evil?
1: It does say oh, evil. Man. Yeah. No, no exclamation point there. That's bad. But not as close as we were mm. for, for Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. it seems. Mm-hmm. I would say almost uh, not
2: even talking about the same movie. Almost not. We said um, Tony Stark, so clearly we are. <laughs> well, that's one of like ten Marvel movies we that in. we've just described. We kicked it in. Uh
1: here's we're we're gonna throw you for a loop. Much in the in the uh vibe in the Taste of WandaVision, there's going to be moments that you're like, huh? And we take a completely different turn. Mm. Let's do, I almost called her Madeline Kahn. Catherine Hahn. Let's do Catherine Hahn. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a synopsis for the movie Bad Moms. Oh, how many names are in the synopsis for the movie Bad Moms? Hey, I hope it's zero. I I bet it's I've never seen it. I saw it a long time ago. It is zero. Doge, start us off for a synopsis on the, the. I keep wanting to call her something different. The Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Hahn. I love her. I shouldn't do that. The
2: Catherine Hahn hit <laughs> Bad Moms. Hey, Give us a
1: start. Real
2: quick. No, I guess I can't even ask you what is Bad Moms, huh? Nope. Nope. Hey, I've this seen is, it and I don't remember. This is not the one. I told you it's like WandaVision. I don't have,
1: WandaVision doesn't even have answers right now.
2: This is not you know? the one where Amy Poehler is a surrogate for Tina Fey. No, that's baby mama. Okay. Think of different titles. Those are too similar. <laughs> yeah, no once a word gets used in a movie, we're done. Stop you can't use it. it again. You can't use it again. Even <laughs> unless times. it's a sequel <laughs> or a Bad fast
1: interview. mom's. <sighs> These moms sure are so very very
2: unbelievably offensively, nauseatingly, shockingly, bad, and moms? Question mark. (laughs) These moms sure are
1: so very, very unbelievably, offensively, nauseatingly, shockingly bad, and moms? (laughs) Was your synopsis. The actual synopsis is, when three overworked and underappreciated moms are pushed beyond their limits... They ditched their conventional responsibilities for a jolt of long overdue freedom fun and comedic self-indulgence. That's pretty close. Catherine Hahn, Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, Mila, Christina Applegate, Jada Pickett-Smith, a lot of big names. Clark Duke, the guy who just looks like a a Clark. He does look like a Clark. I don't don't really know. Um, Good job. That was Synopsis. Uh, We progressively
2: got worse. (laughs) Boy, I hope this TV show doesn't do that. As is tradition. <laughs> Look, second episode. It. Uh, it's the '60s now. It's the '60s now, baby. It felt like '70s with those sweaters, tbh. I think um, we're late '60s because Wanda's allowed to wear pants, but we're still in black and white.
1: <laughs> for genuinely, most of it, I think this is
2: this is leave it to Beaver times, and we're okay. about to get into Brady Bunch times. Okay, this is for sure bewitched. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which with is the animation. I,
1: that's so good. I remember mm-hmm. watching episodes of Bewitched on Nick at Night. Uh, and Amazing. Uh, yeah, this is so fun. Outside of this just being an MCU show and the first big produced MCU show, like you're already going to have people interested about what happens next. Then you add the flavor of mystery. No idea. But then you add the flavor of can't wait to see what new sitcom right. the entire show is right. going to look like. Right. How fun is this? We're only two episodes in. But at the very end, we do transition a bit to color. And so we, mm-hmm. they are doing kind of a like, here's what happens next. But yeah, the bewitched cartoon theme at the beginning. Yes. Mm, so they good. are just being so responsible. Now <laughs> I will. Recreating those vibes. I will point out something, which is um, we have not seen Mr. Hart since he choked. We see Mrs. Hart at the talent yeah. show, but we have not seen Mr. Hart since he choked. He has not reappeared since he questioned Wanda and Vision. So I think that's interesting. It'll be interesting um, to
2: see if uh what's her name? The head of the HOA lady. Right, right. Kitty? Is her name Kitty? There's no, somebody named it's Kitty. Do- I don't what, Dottie, I believe. Dottie. The other grandma name. Yeah. No, Kitty is Deborah Joe Repp's character from that 70s show. Is that what you're thinking? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I do want a super pump for this episode, and it's Paul Bogo.
1: Yeah, um, it's Paul Bettany specifically in his magic show. Oh my goodness! I don't think I knew he had that side to him. That was incredible. <laughs> as as an actor, yeah, that was that's incredible. that's Chaucer. No, I know, but not, <laughs> but not. I'm talking beyond just the silly, like the timing and the, yeah, the yeah, staying yeah. in the. I don't know, man. It, it was just fantastic. Um, yeah, it was. It was really good. It felt like uh, a. Rosencrantz, Guildenstern or some kind of narrator role in a Shakespeare because yeah. it is his British accent, but he he also just seems so clean and professional a lot of yeah. the times. And then just to bust loose like that too, it was getting into, and I'm being super, you know, uh, putting him in a bucket as a British man, but it did start <laughs> to get into some flying circus. Like sure. just yeah. out there kind of sure. um Again, when we see Dottie cut her hand, uh, which, by the way, red is the only color we've seen up to this point. The 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 light on yellow the toaster, on the helicopter. Oh yeah, that's true. We did see some yellow on the helicopter. I wonder if it's because those are Vision's colors, red and yellow.
2: Those are Tony Stark's colors. Those that's are Iron true. Man colors.
1: It's also true mm. because Vision's
2: purple and green.
1: Also, coral snake colors, but red and red
2: and yellow. <laughs> Kill a fellow, but someone's gonna, gonna die. Red Dottie. black, you're dead. Because <laughs> as of that. well, Dottie hurts herself.
1: In the middle of questioning Wanda and Vision, which is disconcerting. The radio mentions Wanda, who's doing this to you. Mm-hmm. And the ad break people are the same two people in the first ad break. Yep. So there's some weird consistencies going on here that are interesting. Um, but I'll tell you, my, here's my current feeling. Yeah. And I want to mark it just in case it changes, which I'm sure it will. Uh, I I I wish for her to break out. Like, I don't care if she hurts anybody right now because to me, I don't know who's on her side. Right. So I was like, do it, Wanda. I don't care. Bust it up. You know, some of sure. the best MCU moments in the world are when she lets loose. I'm like, yeah. do it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And I'm sure we're going to get that. But right now I am most concerned for her. I don't have much of a concern for Vision because he's dead. Right. Like, yeah. he's right. he's. Gone, and everything that I have there is a memory. I don't have a fear of losing him as a character outside of losing Paul Petney on screen. Sure. I
2: will say I, it would not surprise me if this, if this series ends with Wanda's <laughs> reality- altering powers to resurrect, to resurrect vision. And she like brings vision out of this. It's, it's interesting, I guess, to talk about the WandaVision season one, premiere episodes one and two, the day before we release our Donnie Darko episode. Sure. <laughs> because we're talking all about a little bitty pocket universe right here, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's so an interesting, interesting coincidence. And we, it's a good point.
1: we get to see um, sort of beginning glimpses of reminding us how powerful Wanda is when, so let's talk about the beekeeper for a second. Yeah. What? Hey. What? Though. What yeah, is that? Before before we get too far into that, I have a question. Just as the general public, uh, when we can, I, I'm fine with with resurrecting and stuff. Like if she's able to bring Vision back from the dead. So, but when that happens, does that dilute anyone ever dying
2: in the MCU again? Vision's is a Is Wanda capable you know? of bringing everybody back? I don't know. I mean, I think that, that we have to, if we go that route, we have to tread so carefully. Otherwise, it becomes Rise of Skywalker force healing. Right. And we yeah. go, wait, why did Padme die? Why did Qui-Gon die? Did yeah. their people yeah. around them just not love them enough? Because MCU has done something where they can
1: say, hey, we can change the end and we can change the way, because we're going to get so much of that in Loki. But we can change yeah. the way anything goes because we have the time continuum or whatever. We, we know yeah. how to like go into that world. And that's fine. I think they explain that really well. Which gives us some some narrative altering power. Sure,
2: yeah, we can have Loki from a different time stream who wasn't right. killed by Thanos. Yeah,
1: right. So, and and really though, what's funny is uh, some really creative people, Stan Lee being one of those who who seems to be the uh, the Mount Rushmore of comic book writing. It feels like it's just one head and it's just Stan Lee looking <laughs> f- with four different mustaches. But um, <laughs> you, it's funny to talk about this though because. It feels like comic books kept reinventing themselves or coming up with these loopholes to keep writing comic books. Right. Oh,
2: sure. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. That wasn't the end game. It's just people got so creative. They've had this generational improvisational power to just keep doing things and we're okay with it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering when I, I fear what starts happening that people are out. When they're like, okay, so no one could die. But here's the thing, here's what's encouraging, we're back to Fast and Furious. Right. We already know nobody can die in that series, and that will never neither will the series. Right. So right. yeah, I just bring that up because there are when I hear elements like that, you start I wonder like bit. what is fair? Yeah. Like what do we well, you know, sure, like, yeah. Well, At as what long as we don't ever, bridge too far. As long outside of flashback, we don't ever bring Tony Stark back. Right. That yeah. was too pivotal to the arc. Right, and it's it's. I don't know. That's why I assume it's not going to be that simple. That's my assumption. Is that it's not yeah, going to be that simple. I, my my thoughts were. Well, it's because he's not really human. Right.
2: But, he's a robot. Which I think could him, be him a bot.
1: Um, the beekeeper though,
2: guys. Um, yeah. What is that? I have no idea. I have nothing. I got nothing I have on the beekeeper. Absolutely no clue. Can't
1: it's even good. take a swing at. I'm it. glad. But when she says no and reverses everything back, to me. That's a little reminder of like, oh yeah, she is probably the most powerful living Avenger. Oh, I
2: think no contest.
1: Yeah. 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 And she's, you know, it's kind of like you're not welcome here because we're, we're, we're in somewhat of a mind and heart palace for her right now. Right. She's creating, sure. uh, you know, it's the kind of stuff that we want to do at the end of a bad day. Right. <laughs> right. Escape. Yeah. I just, I just want to be able to look at the broken coffee pot on the floor and my cut just, foot no. and just be like, no. And like go back and I'm, I'm all gweed. All <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, Doge, you're super pumped covered two episodes, but Carter, you haven't super sure pumped thing. for episode yeah, two yet. Yeah, it's Paul
2: Bettany again. Paul Bettany just gets to be even more Dick Van Dyke in this. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just love him. He's so good. The, uh, the whole magic
1: act. Yeah. You know, Paul, Bet- Paul Bettany being a, a highlight of it. But I, I'm, I find myself looking for the money Especially after I hear it's a $25 million. Sure. But like the kind of effects that they're doing, it which is fun because they're, they're trying to use the same kind of stuff that someone would have used back then. Right. creating the authenticity. Right. But uh, the really creative ways Wanda was finding to make sure magic doesn't look like magic. Right. Was just so meta. And great. so I could have watched five, six more attempts. Yep at that kind of stuff. And I think yeah. that would have been great. I would have, you know what? I, I'm so down for anything to happen in the MCU. If Christian Bale's prestige character walks out of that wardrobe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fine. Fine. That's fine. It's hilarious. And it's so funny. Now, if,
2: are you paying attention?
1: <laughs> before we, uh, uh, drop it real low at the end of this episode. And by real low, I mean finish. I don't know what real low really means. It would be a mistake to not spend just a minute on Catherine Hahn. Just, yeah. just a concentrated so amount of time. I love Katherine Hahn. I think she's great in everything. I'm a little concerned that she's gonna be a a Vilville, a little bad a little bad one.
2: Oh, I am almost confident she's a villain. But it's like she, if not the villain of the show. She is so
1: fantastic. But and I don't think you cast a Catherine Hahn to just be
2: a side character. I don't is know she, though, because she is crushing that stereotype of like next door neighbor who's yeah, up that's in the true. protagonist. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know anybody that could crush it the way that she's crushing it in that role with such reverence to the unique like eras of sitcoms that she's doing. So, yeah, you know, I think it's possible that, that yeah. maybe she is just a side character. And yeah, we're, great. we're kind of, uh,
1: we're double dizzing a little bit here with her, uh, because she, is she not the voice of Doc Ock in Spider-Verse? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. She might be. I, uh, I remember seeing her name in, in the MCU feeling familiar Uh, But I love how... she is. Yes, she is. Awesome. I love how uh, our casters uh, and the roles that we have here, yes, you've got someone who's like, well, of course, uh, we're going to have... Oh, my God, there's so many Chris's. I can't think... Not Chris Pine. Not Chris Pratt. Not Chris Evans. Hemsworth. No, Chris Evans. It is Chris Evans. So having Chris Evans play Steve Rogers makes sense, right? Uh, we kind of pull someone we would never really have seen before, put them in a position because they just kind of look the role. But then we have sometimes we just start bringing people in and just kind of changing the way that we in the cinematic universe view them as characters. So having someone like Katherine Hahn come in and potentially play a villain for something is is super exciting to me. Yeah. Because it's 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 really showing so much range in like what she's able to do overall. Cause Catherine Hahn does feel like a, uh, you know, bad moms, like she is this suburban uh, person who has the wit and the acting chops to, to really do a convincing break of the mold. Right. Yeah. And be like, you know what? I'm tired of being so nice all the time yeah. because she does seem to have this natural, like retro uh, advertisement smile. Totally. Like, really? With yeah. The pearl 100%. earring and the curly hair. And you're just like, yeah, very this convincingly is so good. I mid-century. was glad to see and I'm encouraged to hear from y'all that you feel like she'll be a much bigger role uh, a more significant role I, I really so. think
2: she's the main villain I really do
1: she feels like our number three on the casting list to be honest outside yeah. of uh, with how much we've seen her outside of um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Benton yep Yeah, I agree she's excellent I think she she has potential to be a, an end of season super pump for me
2: as I'm thinking through these episodes I'm trying to figure out maybe you guys can maybe you guys already know is there some kind of, like, is there something that happens that triggers, I guess, the advancing through time, right? Because first episode, we're in the 50s. Second episode, it's it's 60s. And then at the end, we get color, and it's starting to look like the Brady Bunch. The only thing I can figure out is, like, as we advance through, like, it's further committing to the bit, I guess. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the first episode, they get the wedding rings and say, okay, we're really committing to this. And now it's the sixties. Yeah. Like, okay, we have a baby on the way. And so now we're really, really committing to this. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if that's anything. That that could just be me trying to form connections where there aren't anything.
1: My my yeah. thought originally was that they're trying to find the era they can most comfortably blend into. Mm. And that, yeah. that the changes are coming after, you know, close calls with getting caught or whatever. Um, so the first one being dinner. The second one would, yeah, I think you could interpret it as the magic. Or maybe it's just in the first one, she's uncomfortable with how close they came to being caught. So she changes it. And then in the second one, a beekeeper crawls out of the sewer and she's like, nope, not this one either. And then yeah, moves forward. So I'm not sure, Who but knows? I think I like your theory yeah. of the escalating the, um, the severity of, the delusion causes it, to yeah, just like change. further
2: separation from reality. Yeah, it's like you know, you're he's not alive, you're not married, you're not having his child,
1: right? Right? Yeah, I, uh, you know, what it feels like to me is right now, if you can even call it a theory, is she's really just doing what we as just normal people do, and is uh, really grasping at examples of a relationship from shows she watched, you know, like we, we have every single of one of these shows, you know, there's a lot of shows we could have picked from the fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties, but it seems like we have a lot of these that are about, uh, these, you know, husband, wife dynamics and relationships. And I think we're just seeing her from the beginning and maybe in her infancy, you know, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. She's definitely not. uh, How old is, is Wanda Maximoff? I'm not sure. 30 would be my guess. I don't know. You think she's like Liz? A- Liz Olsen's age. She. Probably. I didn't know if yeah. she was someone who's like outside of time and space no, or something so. like that. I, I guess she is born of Magneto, right? In the comic books, In the as comics, like yeah, yeah. His, and, and one, yeah, one line of of storytelling. But yeah, I don't know, and it, it could be too that you don't have to be that age to grow up. I was just talking about how I watched Bewitched on Nick at Night, you know. So it could just be um, she's probably my age. If she's Elizabeth Olsen's age, Elizabeth Olsen's going to turn thirty-two next month. So. Yeah. Almost the exact same age. But yeah, it, it could just be her representations of and and how those are adapting and getting through. She she knew she had a world she could live in for an extended period of time. But I think the more modern we get, the more time
2: she's gonna have running
1: out to live in that world and fabricate it. I
2: don't know. Do you guys think we're gonna get any episodes that are fully outside of the TV world? Oh yeah. I think By our most end. recent
1: I think our most recent trailer. Might be leaning Oh, at I've tried to, to stay
2: away from trailers. I tried to go into this completely blind if I could. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would imagine finale or close to it is complete.
2: Gotcha. Cool. So that's where the money is.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I would almost Something put my money on blending the two. Like stuff happening in and out would be my guess. Um, Just because I think that would kind be awesome. Of a, and I feel like- would, Like
2: in the park, outside of the park, Westworld season one vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I'm hundred percent here for it. Oh, this feels too. like a huge creative risk for Marvel Studios. Probably, I think the biggest risk since Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and you
1: know what I think would have been their biggest risk, were it not this whole things like leading up to it. I gave it away, but multiverse. Like I think, yeah, uh, which is also still supposed to be leaning into being basically a horror movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, Doctor Strange yeah. too. Yep.
1: Yeah. So it's it's like a it, it, it's a year of risk with some uh, sprinkled in
2: familiars, yeah. which feels yeah. like
1: Winter Soldier and Falcon, and then Black Widow, which we'll have later.
2: I'm sure I've but, mentioned yeah. this before, but the worst take that I've ever had is that Guardians of the Galaxy would bomb because people don't care about a talking raccoon and a sentient tree, right? And so after that, I've just really kind of stopped saying that Marvel's going to do something that's going to bomb because they have so much goodwill with the general public. If there's a red Marvel logo at the beginning, people are going to watch it it. and it's going to make a billion dollars. Yep.
1: Yep. Well, Carter, it's time for you to land the plane. I don't know how. (laughs) I have no idea. Just keep
2: flying. We can fade it out.
1: Okay. So uh, to end this episode and try and uh, get a taste for where you boys are at, I keep saying taste a lot. I miss breakfast. You hungry? I think that's a thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Breakfast for dinner? (laughs) Which I was like, he's he's gonna love it, right? That's our modern twist. We, is like yeah, breakfast we don't is eat a thing, dinner though. with Bolsheviks, by the way. Yeah, that's a very funny good. line.
2: That's very good. Yeah,
1: bread breadcrumb. Uh, Wanda invented brunch. Mm.
2: Mm. Um, mm. That's what they won't tell you.
1: Uh, so to end this episode, let's just uh, let's shoot our shot. Okay, I don't know if if shooting our shot is just going to be a theme at each of the, at the end of these, but it seems a little bit more fun in something that seems super unpredictable, like this show. Tell me, give me your name, and then tell me who this beekeeper is. <laughs> who or what this beekeeper yeah, it's is. It's good. It's good. Okay. I'm Carter, and I happen to know that the beekeeper is uh Magneto. It is a yeah. uh, uh, flashback of her father during one of his hobbies. Because of all and the, she's the, saying bees from the start. Like with I was metal in them. What nothing, I want nothing to do with it. They're not bees. They're BBs. Bee
2: There's <laughs> a BB <bee> keeper. <laughs> I'm Doge. Uh, this beekeeper is a man who was, uh, who was outside. Uh, I'm going to paint a picture for you, right? Do this it. This is after Avengers Endgame. We're welcoming back everybody that got snapped away. Scarlet Witch is looking for Vision and realizes Thanos killed him before the snap. He's not coming back. They have a funeral service for him. She buries some of his items. It's outdoors. She looks to her left. What's that? Far across the field where they're having this funeral is a beekeeper. This beekeeper is a reminder of the actual reality of Vision's fate, I think. Ooh,
1: that's good. I'm Jordan and you're both wrong. It's the... uh, it's the bee from Honey Nut Cheerios. The ads have broken into her reality, and he has come uh, to wreak havoc upon the
2: land with his. Hey, what is their honey slogan? Stick. What is Honey? What is Honey Bunches? Honey Nut Cheerios slogan? B-s- it's delicious. Not their magically delicious.
1: Catch me, honeycombs. <laughs> it's delicious.